Hey y'all, I'm Jordan Gill, host of the System Samey podcast. More entrepreneurs are seeking freedom and flexibility, but how does that really happen? Systems, of course. I'm lifting the hood to my successful life first business, sharing strategies and thought-provoking prompts to how your business can accomplish the same for you. Let's get it. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday. It rhymes. That didn't take much effort. So, anywho... So glad that you're here. And, you know, it's, what's interesting is I have like this really long list of ideas and topics and things that I know that I will eventually want to talk about on this podcast. And when I'm feeling like I'm in a slump of what I want to talk about, I go to that list and I see what is inspiring me or tingling me or just, you know, kind of attacking my eyeballs and nothing on my list really felt like what I wanted to talk about at all. (laughs) So I'm going a little rogue, uh, from my quote unquote content schedule, which really is, I would say very loose, uh, content schedule. And that's because I, I've been having a lot, a lot, a lot of conversations lately and As you know, if you've been listening to the past few episodes, you know that I am in this journey, evolution, brewing situation, and I haven't, I haven't landed on something right. And I could judge myself, um, for it being almost February and not having the clarity that I would like and whatnot, or I can recognize that it's a process. I'll get there when I get there and we'll figure it out. Um, but something that was really helpful today, actually, when I was doing some annual reviews with my team, right? Which I take super seriously and understand that I don't want it to feel like an unstable work environment. Like I don't want it to be like, okay, Jordan's over here doing who knows what. And I have no idea what's going on, (laughs) but they, uh, the folks I spoke to so far were really um, positive about, you know, what they are experiencing and what they're excited about, even though (laughs) the direction is coming together slowly, but surely. (laughs) So uh, what I wanted to share, though, is kind of a glimpse of what is coming through for me. And I guess you can hear it in its messiest form because, you know, I am still fighting my perfectionism tendencies. I think I've done a pretty good job of that, but I can always do better. So uh, here's what has been coming up for me, kind of deeply brewing in business and what I want to encourage people with, what I want to, again, be leading by example with. And that thing is this idea of being known. Like K-N-O-W-N, known. Which also is like a strange word to say. It's like such a short word and yet long at the same time. Regardless. 
I have had a very uh, up and down relationship when it comes to being known, being visible, being seen, you can be recognized, any of those words, uh, mainly because I don't care to be any of those things, really. Uh, I kid with my uh, husband, Marcus, that, you know, if I could just be, have been like the inventor of like the little plastic coffee stirrers at Starbucks and just sit back and make my money while every person uses my stirrers from Starbucks, that's what I would like to do. And nobody knows my name, nobody cares, and I can just roam about the streets. So it's interesting uh, sitting here in 2023 as someone who, again, I'm not known in the sense of I can still roam the streets of Dallas and for the most part, like no one really knows who I am, <laughs> right? Like people aren't just randomly watching me on the, on the internet. However, in the internet streets, uh, in kind of online marketing industry ish, I have some knownness, if that's a word. And so I, I want to kind of go back and share just my reasons why I didn't want to be known and why I literally did not care to be known. I didn't want my name in lights. I wanted to be able to just be in peace. And then the start of it all is really uh, from growing up. And so I grew up, if you have known me for a little while, you may know this about me, but my dad uh, was a football coach. He's now retired and he uh, was very much in the public eye. If you or someone in your family knows or follows American football, then you probably would know who my dad is. Um, and that's cool and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And at the same time, you know, growing up, we were very much put in a box. I'll say it that way. In the sense that people wanted us to be a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way. And so we had to uphold those expectations, right? And something that I you know, have had to go and <laughs> honestly go through a lot of therapy about is this notion of, and I remember it so vividly because it was said to me every single day and it was, you know, don't forget Jordan, you represent the Gill family. And what that meant is here's the box and here's how you're going to act. Here's how you're going to speak. Here's, here's how you're going to present yourself in order to fit into the box that is the Gill family. Now, the box of the Gill family was, was not a bad box. It was not a harmful box. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't a bad box. However, it very much, it didn't allow for me to be, make my own decisions or uh, explore my identity because my identity was already decided for me. And so there was no need to really explore that. And so growing up in, again, a family where, you know, 
my dad was recognized at grocery stores, on planes, uh, whenever we're, you know, out and about, um, you just had to, you had to stay in the box. That was like the goal of your life up until 18. Right. And so that was really tough for me because even though I was in the box, right. And the box is supposed to be a safe place. It's supposed to be where you're able to just be and exist and stay safe. And at the same time, that's not true. Like I, it wasn't, the box wasn't always safe. And, you know, if something was said out of line or I did something or, you know, someone judged me for the way that I looked or whatever the case was, it really, um, it, it was a problem. And so again, the box wasn't bad and I don't want it to be, uh, taken as like this horrendous, you know, experience of a childhood. I would say that I generally had a good childhood. And so at the same time, what that felt like to me, what I understood being known to be was staying in the box and you cannot go outside the box. Otherwise you're going to either disappoint somebody or, um, something bad was going to happen. And so that's what I, you know, connected to, to knowing this or people knowing who you were. So I had zero interest in that. I liked being, having, you know, some anonymity. And so I went to a college literally halfway across the country from my entire family to a university that no one really knew who I was. And it was great. And you know, I started to peel back the layers. I started to figure out who I was. And a year and a half later, uh, my dad <laughs> became the head coach at that university. Right. Um, which again, I think is a whole nother episode, honestly, but, uh, it's, you know, I think God laughs at, <laughs> at our lives. And in that moment, you know, my, my dad is, is a very gracious man. He's a wonderful man. If you, if you end up coming to the um, to my conference in September, you'll probably meet him. He's very excited. He will be helping out in a variety of ways, uh, enjoying that retired life, but your daughter's going to make you come to work. <laughs> so, you know, when he came back, then, you know, my anonymity went away. Everyone knew who I was. And with that came a lot of difficult I don't even know difficult experience I, experiences, I guess, because, you know, I am a college girl and my dad is a coach of a bunch of testosterone driven males. And there were tons of things said about me and inferred about me or perceived about me simply because I was my dad's daughter who went to that college. Um, you know, said in all sorts of forums, said in, you know, in whispers, um, and just people, I mean, I'm not going to repeat a lot of it because, you know, I like to keep things, I guess, GMPG rated, but let's just say 
that they, if the team lost, then, um, you know, fans would say different things about, oh, you know, I guess Coach Gill's daughter didn't do a very good job of her pregame expletives, right? Um, or just even the fact that I have bigger lips and they would comment about what I could do with those lips, right? So, you know, and then there's the whole notion of like, okay, the rankings of the top 10 hottest coaches' daughters and there's, um, there's just so much that goes into that, that, you know, my family would never have wanted me to have experienced. And unfortunately, just with how the world works and how the internet works, it is, you know? So it was kind of a, a re-traumatizing experience of just like, again, like I didn't even go out that much. Like I was doing puzzles. I was watching, I was like literally <laughs> uninterested in all of these things. And it made it very difficult for me to ever want to be known. And so, you know, then my dad had a very public um, firing and uh, that was also difficult, equally difficult. And so basically, you know, I, I went, I have a journalism degree. And so, you know, as the news broke out, I'm obviously walking into a building of hundreds of people talking about how my dad was a bad leader how, you know, he deserved to get fired, how he sucked, how he doesn't deserve to get paid, how he was a terrible person, just all like for weeks. And again, you know, I am, I'm trained to stay in the box, right? I'm trained to not react. I'm trained to let it gloss over me. I am trained to not start a fist fight in the middle of my <laughs> journalism 301 class. Um, and, and I'm grateful for that level of patience <laughs> that I do have. And I don't have a reactivity to me that maybe some other people would have. And I basically was just like, I do not want to be known. Like there were definitely days where I put my hoodie up and put my earphones in and didn't talk to anybody on campus. I graduated from the school. I moved on, you know, and, you know, speaking to alumni and, and stuff like that, they would always say, well, we gave your dad a good try, right? Or we know that your dad tried and I want to flat out punch him in the teeth, right? So, um, that's really where my desire to not be known comes from is because I've seen and experienced again, a sliver of what that, what that is like. And it is terrible. I don't wish it upon anyone. There's a reason that I don't, make a ton of assumptions about people. I don't bash people publicly um, and really even privately, but just I, I, there's so much scope around that. And even when people are like, oh, this coach sucks and they should be fired. You know, I, I have a different side to that story. I have a different understanding of what the ramifications of those types of things are because there's families behind that. 
Um, and I think that coming into this entrepreneurial world, not even I think that, I know that coming into the entrepreneurial world, I tried every, <laughs> every way in the book to not be seen because I just wanted to do the work. I just wanted to help my clients. I just wanted to do a good job, learn some stuff, make some money and, and call it a day. And I know a lot of you listening may be there and may be thinking that that is the safe place. Maybe it is. I don't know. And when I looked around at the impact that I was making and realized that the amount of impact that I wanted to make and what was really holding me back from it, like it had to change because I wanted to help more people. I wanted to create more change and more growth and more opportunity and more focus on life and all these things for my clients. And yet if nobody knows who I am, it doesn't matter. Like you're making, you're making it so much harder for yourself and you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're making the work that you do about not just about you, but just about your fears when really it should be about your client's triumphs. And if your fears don't outweigh your triumphs, then yeah, you probably will stay where you're at. And maybe you're happy with where you're at, which is totally cool. Like thumbs up, high fives. And at the same time, for me, and I can only speak on my behalf, I I had to get real about the fact that Number one, you know, I am, I'm biracial, um, but I also do identify as black, a black woman. And if I am frustrated myself about the lack of representation and diversity in different rooms, if I am frustrated that I scroll my social feed and don't see or hear more people like me, and yet I am unwilling to step out and be one of those people that people see and hear. I called myself a hypocrite. Now, I'm not going to call you a hypocrite. I don't know you. Maybe I know you a little bit. Who knows? But I was being a hypocrite by sharing those frustrations, but also being unwilling to be part of a solution. And when you think about that in whatever arenas, you know, for me, it's, it's being a black woman. For me, it's uh, shedding light on folks with chronic illnesses. For me, it's shedding light on blended families. And those uh, varying experiences, I, I cannot be frustrated at the lack of representation or the lack of seeing that if I am unwilling to put myself out there and, and talk about those things and share those things and create and cultivate 
opportunities and discussions for other people to also speak and talk about those things. And it was, is again, therapy. I am a huge proponent for, and it also came down to me realizing that my, my desires of seeing change in certain areas outweighed my fears outweighed some random people talking about me, you know, typing on a keyboard, being a coward, like my desires outweighed again, really anything anyone can say about me. Like I just, I've had some horrific things said about me when I was younger. And so there's really not a whole lot um, that anyone can say that that will shake me or that will hurt as much as those things. And so knowing that I can now step out and feel confident and feel grounded and know where my intentions lie. And so regardless of what other people say, like I'm good, you know? And I think that's something that more people need to, to explore. Maybe you need to explore it and maybe you need to think about, okay, I've let this fear, X fear, Y fear, Z fear, stop me from getting on stages or starting a podcast or creating my e-commerce brand or starting a group program. And really what we're saying in doing that is that my fear is more important than my impact that I could have on somebody's life. That's really what it is. And so if your fear is more important than your impact, then hey, to each his own. And, and, and you can definitely stay there. And most likely if you're listening to this podcast, you may be similar to me in that you do want to make a change in however you help people or the inspiration you want to give to somebody else, there's, there's a reason that this particular podcast episode has graced your ears. Maybe it's just the pure fact that it's another episode that's showing up in your queue. And I also think that it, it may be meant for you. And I say all that to say that being known is not for Somebody who wants to be, you know, um, perceived as the best person in the world, right? Or is really super, super concerned about uh, other people's perceptions of you. You may have a hard time. It's not impossible, but you may just have a harder time. And how I encourage you to really think about, okay, what do I, what do I want to be known for? How do I want to support and impact people? What are the things that I want people saying about me based on how I make them feel versus 
again, all these other nonsensical things, then, then we can get somewhere, right? Because I think about all the different things that I've done in my business, you know, over seven years, I've changed my name three times. I've had all sorts of different business models. And yet, and still, I just, in reflecting, I, I have this element of stickiness or element of staying known for something, regardless of how I pivot. And yes, I do think that that is related to positioning. I am really great at positioning. I do think that comes down to um, understanding how to create compelling offers, which I also do think I have a skill set in. And at the same time, there has to be a thread underneath all of the things I've done in order to keep that stickiness, right? And to, to be top of mind and to continue to, to cultivate a community and an, an engagement where people want to be a part of it. And I think it's because in a lot of ways, you know, whether I'm DMing people or whether I'm emailing people or whatever the case is, I allow for grace, conversation, understanding. And in the internet world, that doesn't happen very often. Like there's times where I'll send out an email about something I believe in. And I'm like, hey, like if you don't believe the same thing, like I'd love for you to reply and we can totally have a conversation about it. And I will sit there and have a conversation with somebody who disagrees with what I said. And it's a great conversation. I love those conversations. And it allows for more people to actually see each other, you know? And I try to practice what I hope to experience in the online space, which is again, like understanding grace, acknowledgement, excellence, connection. And so whatever those things are, I continue, I want you to, to continue to keep those top of mind and to use that as a filter and a lens in everything that you do, because then what happens and that's where the magic is, but then what happens is you can pretty much come out with any offer and people are going to ride with you. Like they're going to be down for the journey. And I'm very upfront about, Hey, like this is an expertise that I have, or I'm going to say, Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing, but you want to come along the journey anyway. <laughs> right. And so I want you to explore this, this idea of being known and not only just the idea of it, but what are you going to be known for? What do you think you already are known for? And if you have some sort of experience in your life, similar to mine or different from mine around being known and that being an unsafe place for you, I encourage you to explore that. I'm not here to tell you to throw out, throw your fears out the window or that they're invalid. I don't, I'm not trauma informed. I don't, I don't have the, the repertoire for that. But what I do want to encourage you to think about is just explore it. Just explore being known. What are the underlying things behind it that have not allowed you to step into being known? 
and step into the openness and expansion that is, that comes from being seen and that comes from people recognizing you. Again, there's, there's the scary parts, but then there's the awesome parts. Like I've gotten to meet really dope people on the internet just because the Instagram algorithm, you know, slithered me into their, (laughs) into their feed or someone talked about me at a brunch event or, you know, they heard me on another podcast that they were listening to. And that all comes down to having people know who I am. And while it still sometimes makes me want to vomit, if I'm being honest, and it still isn't the most comfortable area of my business for sure. It's also necessary for the impact that I want to make may not be necessary for the impact you want to make, but it's necessary for me and it's necessary for the people that need to see me, whether it's representation of, of being a black woman, whether it's representation of chronic illness, whether it's, you know, again, my, my blended family situation. There's a reason for my life experiences. There's a reason for the opportunities that I've been given, privileged and and not, right? And so why would I, again, I'm, I'm going to use a little bit of harsh language here, but I'm not, I'm not speaking to you unless you want to be spoken to. But why would I waste all of this experience and all of this knowing that I have from my experience only on myself and not allow for more people to get to a place of where their impact means more to them than their fear. Like, you know what can happen if you just like recognize and like hold up your impact against your fear and it's bigger so much can happen. Like so, so many businesses, so many opportunities, so many impactful moments. Like I just, I sit here in awe of a lot of conversations that I've had over the years. Some people that I remember the name, some people I don't, I remember their face or something at an event where you know, I asked a question and it, and it sparked an idea for them that allowed them to make a lot of money in their business and therefore retire and be with their family. Or it allowed them to, you know, quit their job and homeschool their kids. Like, I don't think impact is one of those words that I don't think people sit and think about anymore because it, it's talked about a lot. But I know that when I think about the people that have impacted my life, whether they even know my name or not, right? Whether it's a book I read or, you know, a masterclass I watched. I think about like if, some, if that person actually let their fear get in the way of their impact, then I wouldn't have been impacted. And then therefore I wouldn't continue the impact ripple. Like it's a ripple effect. And if you stop the ripples, 
then I see that as really unfortunate. And I just would hate for that to happen. So again, this this conversation is something I've literally been pondering for, I don't know, a week or so. And I don't even entirely know what it means for myself. But what I do know is that I, you know, again, this year, my voice is going to be heard. I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to share a lot. I'm going to be figuring out a lot. And I encourage you to really step into what this next season is for you. And if it is being able to be known more and speaking on more stages or doing more guest podcasts or just stepping out in whatever way feels best and and good to you, I think that's what we need. Like we don't need to, to shy away from being known and recognized because it's uncomfortable or because it's whatever, like, I think it's such a a missed opportunity. And I think that's why we all get into entrepreneurship anyway, is to, to be able to help people. And I'm not saying that we all need to be on, you know, stadium stages. Because again, I'm not even sure that's, that's even what, that doesn't sound fun to me at all. (laughs) Uh, But you can still impact in your own, in your own vicinity, in your own arena, whatever size you want it to be. And, and not allow your fears to overcome your, your impact and your potential impact. That's, that's like my biggest thing that I want you to walk away from in this episode is just that you have such a magnificent opportunity to impact people with the work that you do, the expertise that you have, the knowledge that you have, the skill set that you have, and to not allow your fears to stop that impact. That's, that's what matters most to me right now. And so it honestly is like quite a good journal prompt, if I do say so myself, if you want to write it out, uh, feel it out. But um, I hope that this landed well. I have no idea if it will. (laughs) But I was feeling a much deeper conversation was necessary than what I what I had outlined for a lot of my other content. So if this resonates with you. If you want to talk about it, if you want to share, uh, my DMs are open on Instagram, just at system save me. It's me in there. And I would love to have this conversation again. I, I want to preface with, it may not be an immediate response, but I do try to respond to every single DM and especially ones that are conversational and feedback driven. So I hope you have a great Wednesday. I'm excited to hear from you and I'm excited to be on this being known journey with you in whatever capacity that is. Cause again, I'm still on the journey. I don't have it all figured out. I don't claim to be, you know, 
the strongest seen person, I guess, right? So uh, just know that you aren't alone and that we all have our experiences that have brought us to this place. And so I'm excited to be able to see what impact happens from this podcast episode to be able to encourage more people to be seen and known and understood. It's, um, it's a really powerful place to be. So thank you so much for listening. And, uh, again, I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the system. Save me podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for daily advice or LinkedIn. If that's more of your jam, let me know if anything resonated with you by DMing me or tagging me in stories. 